If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The best way that I would describe tantric systems versus other systems is the acknowledgement of the body. Um, so I'm a very big believer that intimacy with another human starts with intimacy with yourself. So in, when you can feel your own body, you can feel in your body what's happening over there, and then you can touch better, or you can make love better, or you can kiss better, because you're actually not just applying rote technique, but you're actually feeling what that person wants and needs, and also what you want and need. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. My name is Poppy Jamie, a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. This week I have a goddess on the show, the author of The Wild Woman's Way, Michaela Bowen. She is a global leader and clinical psychologist speaking on relationships, intimacy, tantra, sex, addiction, trauma, and non-linear movement, amongst other things. Michaela counsels CEOs to multi-billion dollar fund managers to Oscar winners. She has online courses to share her expertise and knowledge to help millions globally reconnect with themselves. In this episode, we talk about re-meeting our body, what it feels like to be in flow and not just go, what Tantra actually is and how we can use the ancient practice of Tantra in our everyday lives. To look into Michaela's brilliant courses, I'll include everything in the show notes. This episode is supported by a brand I've been a huge fan of for years, Aromatherapy Associates. I passionately believe high quality essential oils are really effective in soothing the mind and body. So to launch their latest shower oils, a line that gives you a full mind and body experience in the bathroom by maximizing the therapeutic benefit of oils, we are teaming up with them to celebrate and encourage us all to take five minutes from our day to reset, refresh and look after our spirit. There is no easier and better way to do this than jumping in the shower. So if you'd like to find out more, and I really encourage you to do so, have a look at the show notes and you can find out more about their oils by visiting www.aromatherapyassociates.com. Anyway, let's get into this interview. 
What is your favorite quote at the moment? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I would say uh, when you ask me that quickly, it would have to be a bit trite, uh, roomy. <laughs> There's a quote that I really, really love, and I think it's very apropos for me right now and for many people. And it's, and it's called, light your life on fire, seek those who fan the flames. You know, it's that kind of moment in time where nothing is predictable anymore and you have to just go with it. Completely. And what's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Well, I lost my house in a wildfire about two years ago. So uh, literally everything I ever loved and, and owned in the, in the material world uh, went up in flames, uh, including some of my animals, which was very, very tough. And so that particular life lesson, which was about two and a half years ago, and it's kind of an ongoing thing, you know, when you have to start you know, rebuilding and all of that has also come in very well at this particular moment in time, which is that uh, there is always a way forward and there's always something else that can happen uh, when you um, end up in a fairly catastrophic situation or a, or a very unknown situation. And so the way I've been navigating through uh, these present times is essentially by knowing that uh, things pass and the next thing will happen. And even though it's very unpleasant, uh, there is always something else that's also very good with it. Gosh, that couldn't be more relevant to what we're all going through right now. So thank you for passing on such a relevant one for everyone. How do you define happiness? When, we, when I feel into what is happiness for me, because of course, you know, uh, telling other people what happiness is, is about as useful as telling other people how an orange tastes, if you've never tasted an orange or something like that. Um, I would say it's a contentment with the circumstances, uh, regardless of the circumstances. So finding some kind of internal um, strength and relaxation and restfulness that makes it so that even in a difficult situation, uh, beauty and, and aliveness can be found. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So your book, The Wild Woman's Way, unlock your full potential for pleasure, power and fulfillment. It's truly magical. And you write, it's a passionate love letter to the body. And that couldn't be more true. 
Why did you decide to write it? Well, I've always wanted to uh, condense some of the things that I work with, both in my work, but also personally, right, in my own explorations into something that's almost like a manual. And so my uh, entire ambition for the book was that it would become kind of a manual for women in the 21st century that, uh, you know, where we are in really incredible times as far as uh, the demands that are placed on us, the decisions we have to make on a daily basis. And this was pre-pandemic, of course, right? Um, and it's even more so now. And and uh, the very um, heady and disconnected world we're living in. And so I wanted to really uh, bring it back to our body being such an important tool in decision-making, in uh, connection to not only the people around us, but ourselves and how we can bring the body to back to the table. And it's not just the brain or it's not just the heart, but it's an integration of all the capacities we have. So why do you think so many of us have become disconnected from our bodies? And when do you think this happened? Well, I think it's necessary for how we function in the world these days. So it's something that's unavoidable in the way life is being lived these days, right? And what I mean by that is we spend more time than ever seated, uh, which we've never done in the history of humankind, when you really look at it, uh, with the advent of uh, things like first the typewriter and then the computer, you know, the word processor, and then the computer, and now we have apps and phones and you know all of those things. We fly, we drive, we uh, you know sit in public transportation, we sit in desks. We no longer have organized work times, right? The days where you would walk to work, you'd, you know, you sit on your desk, then you'd walk home and then you'd have a life are kind of over um, in a certain way. So I think the necessity of how we live modern life makes it so our bodies are used less and less. And because uh, human beings only have a certain amount of energy available, practically speaking. So the cortex of your brain emits a certain amount of electrical energy a second, and that runs our whole body. So when you use most of that processing power, it's like a computer that has a certain kind of RAM. When you use it thinking and doing and speaking and typing, you don't need a lot for the body. So you kind of take the energy that used to be used to uh, move and walk and hunt and squat and dance and run after your children, all of the things that people used to do for many, 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 many millennia and beyond um, are not being done. And so that's why we're disconnected and somewhat numb because we don't really need the body that much. Wow. And what is the impact of us being so disconnected? Well, let me count the ways. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> on, a, on a health level, of course, it's very apparent. Right? So uh, on a health level, when you don't use something, you lose it in a certain way. Um, and that's true for mobility. It has to do with balance, circulation, the way lymph flows, the nervous system, how it's regulating, um, cardiovascular health, 
all of those things, of course, suffer when we don't move as much as we should. And going to the gym is good, but it's not the same as regular ongoing engagement with the body, because then once again, it's a spurt and not you know, something that kind of smooths out the entire system, which is what the body is built for. So there's that. But in women particularly, um, we see nowadays a real disconnection from, let's call it aliveness and vitality, also pleasure. I'm not only talking sexual pleasure, but just sensual pleasure, you know, tasting food, um, feeling things uh, fully, you know, those kind of things. In men, it looks a bit different in the pleasure domain because men are just built as a bit different, bodily built, you know, with different hormones and different endocrine system. But in men, it also has very detrimental effects on their vitality, also on their hormonal, um, you know, composition, things like that. So there's that. And then there's, of course, a whole other area that's not quite as uh, let's say it easily um, to detect or quantify or scientific, and that are things like intuition, for instance, right? The what they call so lovely the gut feeling, um, and the ability to not only think about things but also listen to the messages of the body, which, by the way, is one of the single most important aspects of boundary setting. You can't set boundaries if you don't know what you're feeling. Mm. And so most people have had the um, experience of, let's say, coming out of a meeting and you're now, you know, on public transport on the way home or in your car or something. And suddenly you go, wait a second, this was actually not okay. But this was about an hour ago. You can't go back now if you're trying to set a boundary uh, you're doing so not in the actual situation, but in the aftermath, which is difficult. And you've, you know, you've incurred the injury and all of that. So boundary setting has to do with hearing the messages the body sends and filtering it into the mind, so to speak. So, and then having the tool to say, no, no, that's not working for me. No, I'm not doing that. Don't speak to me. Uh, no, I don't want to kiss you. Whatever, right? Like uh, this is not only in a romantic sense, but also in the business sense. So that whole area of disembodiment or disconnection um, is very problematic because it doesn't give us a lot of power when we don't know what we're feeling, and when there's a delay between the signal and when we perceive it. And then, of course, that goes even further into if we have pleasure or how we respond to pleasure or if we can detect if food is good for us or not, when we're full and when we're not, uh, when we've uh, injured our back in, in doing too much back bends or you know, working out too hard because we can feel the subtler message up, you know, underneath the big exertion message. So there's all of those kind of things. Uh, that make it very, very important that the body is um, online. And I want to say one last thing. This has been a bit of a uh, of a rant here. <laughs> no, it's not. Honestly, I'm soaking up every single word. And I'm, I honestly think the greatest crisis, well, one of the greatest crises we face is this body deep disconnection for all the reasons that you've just laid out. So please carry on. Right. So the last thing that I want to say about that is that long before human beings had a developed brain, right? So we're talking 
uh, in the infancy of humankind, mm. right, long before we had a developed brain, our body kept us safe. Mm. And so we have a lot more information about safety and survival, um, you know, longevity of the, or the, the human organism, so to speak, in our body than we have in our brain. Now, the brain can override certain things when we get into fight or flight, for instance. But really, our body is the tool that gives us the kind of information that's really important. And I'm not saying it's just the body, because you also need to use your mind, and you certainly need to use your heart, so to speak, yeah. make emotional. Uh, but it's, it's leaving the body so far behind that's troublesome, because uh, we've lost an enormous resource. Yes, completely. I feel that so many of us have these kind of quarter life, midlife, kind of late life crises when we suddenly realize that we don't want to be on the train that we're on or to the destination we're on. Um, and this is why I think your work is so powerful and using Tantra as a way to reconnect the body and the mind. Before we move on to Tantra, how can you tell or what are the signs you look out for as to whether someone's in go mode or flow mode? <laughs> uh, it's pretty easy to find because the go mode, right? So, so the way I slice it, as you said, uh, I talk about that in the book, is go is the forward motion, right? It's when we do things, when we make decisions, when our entire being is kind of on a forward trajectory, either internally or even externally. And so there are signs to the go mode in the body that have to do with using the energy we have. There's a tightening of the body. So, you know, it's like almost like when, when you feel the moment before you stand up from a chair, everything has to kind of tighten and move in a specific way so you can kind of spring into action, so to speak. And it's that physiological response in the body that that uh, signifies a go mode. And a lot of us, um, because go comes with pressure and it comes with decision-making and often there's stress involved and hurry, a lot of us have extra energy wrapped up in the go mode. So it's not all the, all the way pleasant because, of course, in the body we learn actions by repetition. And so how we learn an action is how we then enact it. So if you learn an action with a lot of stress, every time you enact it, the stress loads back up. If you learn an action with a lot of pleasure and joy, then that loads up every time, which is how when you see, for instance, when kids learn how to ride a bike, how parents do that determines um, a lot going on forward, for instance, because, you know, is, is, is the kid perfectly happy and it's exciting and it's an adventure and it's collaborative and everybody's happy that will show or is it you must do this why are you not balancing it and and the tension that comes with it you can very easily see that and you'll see then later when people perform that particular action it has the remnants of that in the body because the emotional memory correct emotional memory uh you know a certain kind of output of the of the endocrine system all of those things so that all said go you can feel the the kind of gathering of the energy and the energy has to kind of squeeze up where it's needed so to speak 
out of the lower body where it's not needed right now into the head and thinking and doing and speaking. That is why a lot of people, men and women alike, but often you hear it more in women because we usually tend to have more energy naturally in the lower body because of um, you know, cycles and, and pregnancy and all of those kind of things. Um, when that goes up, the head and neck and shoulders get very tight because the energy pools there. That's the go mode often. The flow mode is then the reversal of that where kind of the energy gets distributed through the body. It's in the lower body. The action isn't a straightforward action. It's more kind of a meandering around, puttering around, right? You do a bit of this, you do a bit of that. You uh, have a moment and look at the flowers. You pet uh, a dog. You play with a child. You meet with your friends. You talk in these circular ways, right? So that's kind of more the flow mode. And so in an ideal world, we have both well-developed and available so we can pick for optimal functionality. That would be ideal. But the important piece is that what we have to understand is that human beings learn through repetition and whatever we do the most is the most established as a habit pattern. Mm. So when we talk about go mode, most of us wake up and go into go mode and then stay in go mode till it's time to go to bed in a regular workday. So we have an enormous, so to speak, go muscle, right? We're, we're the kind of person who only works out the upper body and the whole upper body is like super muscular and, uh, and our legs are these spindly little things, you know? <laughs> And, you know, and so that's then what happens, you know, you get more muscle where you do more. So the real secret is not what the world demands, but how much flow we can incorporate in our go and in our day so that we don't have to, so to speak, spindly flow legs, you know. So that's the real key. And that's, by the way, not so hard to do. What are the easiest routes to do it? Well, easiest routes to do it is to remember your body on a regular basis. And so, for instance, right now, right, we are both seated in front of a computer, looking into the computer. But while you do that, just for a moment, just let your feet move, like move your feet, roll your ankles, and then, uh, you know, just move your hips a bit in the chair and, and uh, you know, wiggle, wiggle your spine a bit. Notice what happens. Wow, I feel quite, <laughs> yeah. you know, just loose. Yes, right? It goes immediately because our mm. bodies are built for it. So that didn't take much. And now suddenly, right, you can feel the energy is a bit more down. You can actually feel where your bum hits the chair. You know, you can, you're, you're a little bit more available in your entirety and not just in your head. And so that can be done all the time. In the book, um, I have like this little, in, in the very back, the, the little hacks, right? Things you can do very quickly. And one of which is something I always have under the desk is a little ball, uh, one of those little nubby balls. And I just, and I, you know, I, of course, when I'm home, I can work, I work from home. So I don't know how well this goes in an office, but I have, I'm barefoot and I always have the nubbly ball and I, roll the ball under my um, feet 
And then that reminds me, you know, that I have a body and then I move my body a bit because I might not be able to stand up and do some grand action, you know, and dance and whatever. That's not always possible. Now, would that be ideal that you intersperse your sitting with some moving? Yes, um, but that's not always possible. I have a little trampoline, one of those little health rebounders right outside my office window. Like I have a little patio out there. And uh, when I do sessions, I go out and I bounce on that thing for a few minutes in between sessions, just so my body loosens back up. But not everyone can do that. So the, the moving your body and moving your feet and coming back in the body is a good first step. And then, of course, when we look at activities that we do for fun, there should be activities that are not linear, <laughs> you know, meaning if you do go all day and then you do a yoga class and then you do uh, a Pilates class or a workout, these are all linear activities. Now, they're still good activities as far as you know, health and moving your body, but it's really important that there's nonlinear activities happening in your body because that also helps the mind work in different ways. So there should be some rolling around on the grass or uh, just randomly dancing or wiggling the body or, you know, any of those things that are not structured. I couldn't agree more. I mean, dancing has completely changed my life and I loved your focus on dancing I mean, nothing has healed me more, in all honesty. So um, I'm a huge testament towards that. Is there any particular, do you just, in your own dance practice, will you just put on any music and dance, or is there a certain kind of, like, rituals that you follow? Well, I do two kinds of practices and give people two kinds of practices. One is just find a song that you really enjoy. Could be anything, right? Could be your favorite song of the moment, could be something that reminds you of a happy time, anything, and just move your body vigorously however you want to for one song. That's kind of a bare minimum, uh, remind yourself that you have a body kind of a practice. And so for that, anything goes, you know, any movement and any expression goes. Now, there's something else I teach, and that is called uh, nonlinear movement and nonlinear movement method, which is an entire modality I developed, which um, essentially aids the body in releasing trauma, stuckness, contractions, uh, stress, you know, overwhelm. Um, it also allows that becoming current with the signals of the body. So it sensitizes and, and makes it so you can feel what happens in your body moment by moment. And then there are some applications for specifically vitality and well-being and pleasure. And uh, there's a few other fun ones. And that's something I teach. There's, I've trained teachers. I teach it myself. It's something I've really leaned on right now because it's something that can be done on Zoom, um, which is not many things can be done on Zoom as far as embodiment practices, but this one really, really works on Zoom. So I've do, been doing an enormous amount of that for people. And so the thing that I teach everyone who ever comes in contact with me and wants a practice is what I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait, Michaela. And, and that is a practice called moving what you are feeling. Mm. And so 
moving what you're feeling is not necessarily a dance, even though you can do that in dance. But what it is, is you just stand or you can also be on your hands and knees. Some people like that because they're close to the ground. They can move the entire body. Uh, you could lay down by doing it. You could do it first thing in the morning when you're still in bed. Uh, but all you're doing, music or no music, is up to you. You are kind of going, what, what, what am I feeling right now? Right? And so I'm doing this as I'm speaking with you. I have a little bit of a crick in my shoulder. So I'm just moving with that crick. I'm not trying to move to make it go away. I'm just exploring it kind of. Right? And then as I do that, I start feeling that there's something in the chest that's more kind of an emotional thing. It doesn't really have a name to it necessarily, but then I start moving that. And then, you know, I feel that and then I feel how early in the morning it is. So I'm kind of having a moment of a bit of a fatigue and that actually makes me yawn, right? So then I'll just yawn a bit and then I have thoughts, right? Then I move with the thoughts. So I'm just tracking what happens in the body through movement. And some of the things you kind of know what they are. Some of them you don't and it doesn't matter, right? So you're just moving as the thing that happens. So that could be a physical sensation. It could be an emotion. It could be a thought. And you do that for one song. And in that case, I would say it should be music that doesn't have lyrics so that your head doesn't follow some lyrics or lyrics you don't understand. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some German uh, pop song, uh, <laughs> uh, something that's maybe more drumming based or more kind of tribal or world music, whatever you like, so that it's not just right. So there's something to it, and you just do that, and that is a little bit like flossing. Mm. You know, it's like it's it's exactly like flossing for your for your emotional body and your physical body, where you just allow for a tiny little bit of processing of stuff that's stuck in your body. And it's no big deal and it can be easily done. You could even do it while brushing your teeth or I often do it in the shower because when um we are on the road, which we're not right now, but then you know it gets very, very um busy. So I put a conditioner on and then stand in the shower moving what I'm feeling. And are you hosting uh, workshops where kind of people do this together? Yes. At the moment, I teach every uh, fortnight, I think, yeah, about. Um, uh, I teach in all time zones. So I teach so that people in the US, Australia and Europe can do it. So I always do all the sessions twice <laughs> which has been quite interesting so yeah i teach those individually and then i teach longer workshops that are themed and there's also practitioner training so there's loads of ways to get uh, really involved with moving your body in different ways and i will put all of those in the show notes because i for one you'll see me there at the next one i'm so excited about this non-linear movement it's going to be my new daily routine um, I would love to talk about something that I feel has got so much confusion around the topic, um, which is Tantra. And you are the ultimate expert on this. I know this sounds deeply simplistic, so apologies in advance. But if you could just kind of explain what even is Tantra and what do you think are the greatest myths that surround it? 
basically just to give a bit wider uh, explanation than what people typically know, which is they think it's weird sexual positions. Right? <laughs> it has all to do with some strange spiritual sex or something like that. That is not what Tantra is in its original form. So essentially we can look at systems to work with the body and there's kind of yogic systems in the both um, Hindu and Buddhist traditions. That's where it comes from. And in those Hindu and Buddhist traditions, uh, there's typically a few offshoots. One where you kind of transcend the body to come to spiritual realization and the other where you work with the body to come to spiritual realization. So that's more kind of a philosophical, religious strain. And there's a lot of um, very, very intense practices involved that have to do with meditation and mastering the body and, and all of that. Now, that, of course, is not what you hear in the West, because in the West, uh, most people have at least some exposure to what one could probably call Neo-Tantra, which is some tantric principles that were taken out of the more, let's say, religious, philosophical context into the Western world. This started very early on. There's a man named um, Arthur Avalon. His name is actually Sir John Woodruff, who, is, who was late 1800s, who went to India, came back with a whole bunch of stuff, brought it to England. And of course, it was a time of uh, where, you know, people wanted to explore and, you know, sexuality was very suppressed. So that's where they started of course, and also they started there because the people who brought it back were somewhat obsessed with that. Uh, not because that's what Tantra is really about. Right? So the best way that I would um, describe Tantric systems versus other systems is the acknowledgement of the body, is the embodiment aspect, is the understanding that when we want to expand not only spiritually, but as human beings, all systems need to be uh, considered. And there's um, considerable power in having connection with your body, as we've talked about. And then specifically, right, there's, you see this in yoga, right? When you do yoga, um, you access certain aspects of the body that expand your, your repertoire. The same is true in Tantra. And in Neo-Tantra, often that is extended into sex and lovemaking and connection because in the tantric systems there's a bit of a definition around bodies being different male bodies having other preferences than female bodies as far as the endocrine system the nervous system the sexual expression and um, it's a lens so the best way i could describe it is it's a lens and the lens is one of taking the body into account, expansion of your entire system beyond thinking, 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 doing, 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 right, into also feeling and connecting. And why it's often uh, applied in, in the relationship context, and that's how I apply it as well, uh, you know, but I'm also uh, a relationship counselor and I've done over 30,000 client hours in my professional career. Um, so I use it in that context as well, and so do other people, where we um, use tantric principles to get people to connect uh, in very simple ways, you know, enhancing intimacy by 
um, not shrinking back in the middle of an eye contact or in a hard conversation or learning how to touch in ways that are not just random rubbing on each other, but actually feeling the other person. And once again, I'm a very big believer that intimacy with another human starts with intimacy with yourself. So in, when you can feel your own body, you can feel in your body what's happening over there, and then you can touch better, or you can make love better, or you can kiss better, because you're actually not just applying rote technique of which there's much out there, but you're actually feeling what that person wants and needs and also what you want and need. So in that context, but, you know, we, we do have to say as a warning for anyone listening, there's a lot of really, really, really weird stuff out there when we look at Tantra, right? And just some very sticky, um, you know, permission to do weird stuff um, based on some pseudo-spiritual principles. Mm. And to me, that's definitely not where it's at. It's in the bringing the entire system with you to a, a romantic and, and sexual occasion and uh, not popping out and having to go away and being able to look at your partner, being able to feel your partner, connect with your partner, connect with your own body. And then, of course, if we go into actual tantric practice, then you actually learn the mastery of your body, the mastery of your body in the sense that you can feel how energy sits, where it sits in the body, how to use it. You know, you can feel that certain ways of moving your body feel more integrated. You have vitality, you have health, you have strength through being, you know, in a, in a very holistic system. So there's a lot to it. Uh, what most people know is, of course, weird pretzly sexual position uh, or some very sugary, syrupy, uh, dressed all in white, waving some incense around while some ethereal music is playing in the background. It's either of those things. I think so many of us, um, and I see this, you know, in my generation a lot, just kind of become so emotionally numb because they get hurt through like young relationships. And yeah. then they block themselves off and then they are in these relationships or romantic intimacy moments almost become rehearsed because they don't, they're so afraid to be open. And yeah. um, when I was reading your work and listening to your amazing material, it just, this felt like such an antidote, this kind of blocking process, I suppose, that we so, so many people have gone through. Um, and obviously we've got so many kind of decades of emotional repression as well, like behind us. What would you say are the first steps that we can all participate in, especially even if you don't have a partner, that you start exploring with these like ancient methods of Tantra? Well, I think the single most important one is the one I talked about, which is getting to know your, the signals of your body. That is a, you know, very, very specific Tantric principle that can be applied to everyday life and particularly to dating life, the knowing what you're feeling and the not overriding those signals, right? So you do the moving what you're feeling practice. And, you know, a lot of people um, have reported over the years um, that when they become aware of what's happening, their dating life becomes very different mm. because... They can, they can already in the text 
feel that uh, or mm, right because you do get that but often we are so uh, we so want to rationalize let's say you're on a dating app you know without naming one specifically yeah. and you get you get a text well some texts are so obviously off that you know it's apparent but some of them sound good because it is rehearsed and it's wrote in a certain way right and you have to kind of feel a bit deeper before you can feel what's behind that right and so how do you do that well you actually listen to the flinch in your body or the ugh, or the you know the memory of the last time that happened and then that carries forth in actually meeting someone and having a relationship or starting a relationship that when you are able to actually feel that flinch or the disappointment or the anger or the sadness and you're not numb you can make a lot better decisions a lot better decisions you can set boundaries better you can say yes more wholeheartedly and no more wholeheartedly one of my things that i've said for many 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 years is you can't say yes till you can say no and that has wow. directly to do with the body your yes means nothing if you're not you know your consent so to speak means nothing if you're not actually capable of saying no right. i love that and you speak a lot about the breath and how the breath really can connect us with that kind of lower energetic part of us. Yeah, the, the breath is an interesting one because, of course, our breath is natural and easy and should flow freely. But for many of us, it doesn't because, um, first of all, we sit a lot and we breathe a lot in our chest. And also when the nervous system is taxed, meaning when we're in fight or flight or extreme stress, the breath gets shallow and fast. And so when you do feel that you have a lot of tension in your upper body and you, you know, you're breathing shallowly and all of those things, taking a breath and feeling the lower body and feeling the belly and all of those things immediately reconnects us. Right? Because the numbness is um, partly, like you said, conditioning from previous relationships. Um, it's partly the nervous system just uh, regulating into that kind of you know, that shallow, fast breath that brings oxygen in so you can deal with the panic and the stress. So breath is really, really important. I want to say one more thing about dating and in being in relationships since that's a big topic for most people. Huge, huge topic for us, yeah. The problem with online dating, it's intrinsically a negative feedback loop, right? And so because human beings are built through repetition and built through conditioning of positive and negative, right? What begins happening is that with every time something goes wrong, with every rejection you feel or every rejection you have to give, the more negative feedback loop builds. So one of the things that's super, super important, this is one of those embodiment tips that you don't usually hear <laughs> because it's specifically to a phone and a computer, right? Is that when, let's say, you match with someone or you, you, and you start having a, a conversation and it doesn't go well, the, the impulse is to go, ah, again, mm. ah, this is horrible, right? Mm. So, so what that means then is that in the body and mind, now, even just picking up your phone, going on this app, right, 
has that cringe of ouch to it. So one of the ways that you can work with that is that when you have that ouch or that cringe or the, uh, that, the despondency, you take a moment, you feel it, you move your body, right? You move your body, you kind of shake it out. You actually, you know, shake it out and you shake it out of your body. And then you'll say to yourself, this is more in the behavior modification realm, right? But uh, you say to yourself, okay, that's good. I realize that right away. You know, my distinctions are getting better. I, I'm not tolerating bad behavior or bad text or slimy people or whatever. So you put a positive affirmation towards yourself at the end of the interaction. And then the next time you go in with the feeling of, I actually know what I'm doing. And it becomes less negative and it becomes less of the, that despondent, nobody loves me. Of course, they don't love you. They don't know you, Right. And, and if the interaction goes wrong, it's because that's the wrong person for you. Mm-hmm. And the quicker you do, you know that, the faster you can move on towards a situation that's much better for you. And of course, if it goes well, you have to go in your mind, oh, that went well. That was nice. Okay. Proceed with caution. This feels good. You know, I could feel that next, right? So you give positive feedback to yourself regardless. Because there's always something positive. Either, you know, you got away, you've made good distinctions, you could set a boundary, um, you know, you understood this wasn't the right person, or you proceeded in a way that felt positive. I love this so much because I know this is such a huge, huge issue for um, the way the dating world has turned in a way. What are, your, um, what are your thoughts on breakups and how to not let that be then a blocked intimacy in the future? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting when we talk about this now, because of course now I'm older, right? And uh, I kind of look back at my younger self and I go, wow, if I would have known certain things, right? Yeah. It would have been very different. And so if there's one thing I can say with great conviction, not only in my personal experience, but also in having counseled so many people, is lose a guy or a woman that isn't right. Like lose them as quickly as you can. Mm. And what I mean by that is when I look at how much time Uh, And I'm now talking women because we are women, right? But uh, this is true for men in different ways. But um, how many young, beautiful, talented, perfectly okay women have wasted time trying to bend themselves into some kind of a shape or form to accommodate a guy who wasn't the right guy to begin with, right? Uh, It's unbelievable and I certainly have done it and I've certainly paid the price for it in lost time you know in Mm -hmm. in certain ways the thing is if it's not going well there is many people with whom it will go better you have to have the fortitude and the guts to end something and not waste a few years in some sidearm of a big, beautiful flowing river where you're swirling around, around the same topic, right? If a man doesn't think you look great, lose him. If a man mm-hmm. thinks you're fat, lose him extra fast, right? Mm-hmm. 
if if somebody doesn't like the way you are, why would you want to be with them? Well, <laughs> honestly, this has just been, I can't tell you just how lovely and healing and heartwarming and just so many lessons for us all to take away. And you've completely inspired me. I will be um, learning nonlinear movement immediately. And, okay. um, and so will so many of the listeners because we are all on this journey together. So Michaela, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, um, your wisdom. And are there any uh, best places you'd like people to find you? Of course, I'll put details for your book. But if, you, if there's anywhere you'd like to direct people, I'd love to hear about that. Well, just the website, so michaelabom.com, if you list that in the show notes, everything is on it. There's also an enormous amount of free material because I record my Q&As in workshops. And so there's a podcast section uh, where, where you can just listen to me answer people's questions. And pretty much anything you ever wanted to know about sex or relationship has been asked somewhere and has been addressed somewhere. And those are free, for instance. And uh, yeah. That's where you find nonlinear sessions and everything else. So. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, really couldn't be more appreciative of your time. I know it's yeah. just going to be so hugely helpful for so many. Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.